Amen. Please be seated. Well, you remember our last few Sundays in the Gospel readings, Jesus has told his disciples three times over that he must go to Jerusalem where he will be betrayed, handed over, flogged, spat upon, uh, crucified, die, and on the third day will rise again. And the disciples have not got it um, still. But he is now on that road. Um, In fact, this small passage with a lot of uh, meat in it for us um, is the last one before his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. The next passage in Mark's Gospel tells of Jesus actually entering Jerusalem uh, for going towards his death. And so what's happened is, is they're coming down from the north, from the Galilee, and uh, because Jews didn't necessarily want to be passing through Samaria, they would uh, cross over north um, to the east side of the Jordan, come down, travel all the way down uh, on the eastern side of the Jordan, and then at Jericho, cross back over just before they go up to Jerusalem. And that's where this story takes place, just outside of Jericho. So we have this blind beggar who is sitting outside of the walls of Jericho, uh, one cloak to his name, so that's all he has. He's a homeless person, basically. His cloak is underneath him uh, for, uh, to protect him as he's sitting on the ground, and in the evening he'd wrap himself up in it. it it's all he owns. Uh, there's nothing else that he has in this world and um, it's probably a fairly decent place to sit and to beg because uh, there'd be a fair number of pilgrims coming through Jericho on their way up for the various festivals and feasts up in Jerusalem and he's so he's there and uh, being blind he can of course hear Um, And he hears a big ruckus. There's a a fairly substantial crowd now that's come along with Jesus and his disciples that are going on their way into um, Jerusalem. And so he hears this kerfuffle going on. And we don't know how he hears uh, that it's Jesus of Nazareth, whether or not he's hearing this buzz in the crowd, it's Jesus of Nazareth, we're here, or if he called out to somebody and asked who it was, who these people were following along. But we know that he does know, we hear in Scripture, that he hears that it's Jesus of Nazareth passing by. One thing you'll notice in this story, this particular healing story that Mark includes in his gospel, is that we know the name of the man who is healed. Now, before we've heard it's a Syrophoenician woman, it's the the synagogue leader's daughter, it's the son of the widow of Nain, uh, the woman with the issue of blood, Uh, Mark makes a point of saying that his name is Bartimaeus. We know this man and we know him even a little bit more because Mark goes further than that and he wants to say he's called that because he was the son of Timaeus. And I think that's a really lovely little part to the story because um, it, it seems, we don't know from scripture, but it seems that this is somebody who's known to the early church maybe. Um, And maybe we do know that at the ending of this particular passage about Bartimaeus. But however, we know his name. We know that he is called Bartimaeus. 
And so um, he hears the crowd going by. He hears it's Jesus of Nazareth, who is uh, the, the, the rabbi in the crowd, the leader in the crowd. And, but he doesn't call out, Jesus of Nazareth, have mercy on me. Somehow or other, he has a supernatural, a divine intuition, and he shouts out instead, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Well, all of you will remember uh, the words of the crowds, of the hosannas of the crowds as they go in in triumphal entry just shortly hereafter into Jerusalem. They shout out, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. See, he is actually in some way proclaiming who Jesus is, who Peter has already proclaimed Jesus to be the Messiah, son of David, great David's greater son is coming. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, Jesus has just got through telling his disciples that they are to be, if they're great, going to be great in the kingdom of heaven, they're going to have to be servants of all, compassionate, look after those in need. Is that happening in this story? No. In actual fact, the absolute opposite of compassion is being shown to this blind beggar. He's actually told to shut up. I mean, the whole crowd is just saying, yeah, you know. You're the lowest of the low. What are you doing calling out? Just shut up. Amazing that this man who has been victimized all of his life, who has nothing that, um, that can make him feel good about himself, doesn't take their word, doesn't listen to what they're saying, but he shouts out even more loudly, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus, who is in the midst of all of the noise of the crowd, what must be going through his mind because he's going to Jerusalem? There must be some kind of pain in his heart that he knows that he's going to be betrayed by one of the twelve. He knows the pain that he's going towards. So have you ever been in a large crowd and there's just something so heavy on your heart that it's just buzz and noise around you as you're just kind of concentrating on that which is going on inside of you? And so in a way, he's kind of you know, maybe blacking out all of the noise around him. And yet as much as he knows where he's going... Our Lord is completely attuned to the suffering of his children. And above the noise and the hubbub and the pain in his own heart, he hears, Son of David, have mercy on me. And he stops right there. This is interesting also. He doesn't go over to where the man is. Oftentimes we hear he'll walk over to the person who's calling out. But he stops and he says to someone near him, call him. Sometimes the Lord comes right up to us. And sometimes he's there and he needs us to make a couple of steps to him. He's still calling. 
but we need to step out in faith. And so he says, call him. So somebody goes up, says, cheer up on your feet, he's calling you. And what happens with Bartimaeus? Immediately, he's on his feet and he just gets rid of the cloak. He just pushes it aside, his one belonging. The only thing that he owns in the entire world, the thing that he needs for his begging trade, he just gets up. He doesn't pick it up, bring it with him. He just leaves it behind and goes to where Jesus is, throwing aside his cloak. He goes to Jesus. And he gets to Jesus and his cry has been, Mercy. Have mercy on me. And now Jesus asks the pointed question, what does mercy look like for you, Bartimaeus? What do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? You know, it's the question that he had asked James and John very recently. They'd come up to him, we want... We want you to do something for us. What did they want? They wanted glory and honor. They wanted earthly glory and honor. And Jesus had asked them, what do you want me to do for you? And that's what they wanted. But they were spiritually blind. They couldn't see and understand what Jesus had said, that he was going up to Jerusalem to die. And that was what his Messiahship looked like. But this blind man who is physically blind... Jesus asks, what do you want me to do for you? How he responds will rock his world. It will change everything about his world. He has been a victim all his life. He has needed to beg all his life. He has been an outcast in society all his life. And his answer will completely, drastically change his life. Sometimes it's easier to be a victim, to be looked down on. Sometimes it's easier to complain than it is to step into the healing offered. It takes faith and courage to be willing to change one's life completely. N.T. Wright, when he was a priest um, and uh, in a pastoral situation, he recounts it this way. He said, It took some weeks of persuasion before they came to see me. The grown-up son was desperate to get his ailing and depressed mother into some kind of a home where she would be properly cared for. As long as she lived with him, he couldn't do his own work or have any private life. She swamped him with demands for help and attention. He said, we looked at several options. There were small communities, large communities, nursing homes, sheltered housing. Any of them would have been real possibilities. The mother, though, saw some flaw in each of them, which to her became fatal flaws. None of them would do. 
After an hour, she turned to the sun with triumph gleaming in her eyes. There you are, she said. He can't do anything for us. But the truth was, she didn't want anybody to do anything for her. She wanted to go on being a victim, putting moral pressure on her son and everybody else in sight to feel sorry for her. And Jesus asked blind Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? Would Bartimaeus be willing to give up begging? Was he willing to live differently? Was he willing to give up whining about being a victim? Was he willing to work for a living? Asking for his sight to be healed would mean that his entire life was going to be changed. Was he willing for that to happen? Absolutely. Having thrown off his cloak, he says, Rabbi, I want to see. And without further ado, no laying on his hands, no spit, no mud, nothing else. Simply, Jesus turns and says to him, Go, your faith has saved you. Your faith has healed you. But he doesn't go. And that's why just maybe he was one of those who ended up in Jerusalem on Golgotha. Just maybe he was one of those 400 who saw Jesus resurrected. We don't know. But what we do here is that he follows Jesus along the way. I think there are several challenges for each and every one of us in this story. The first is when we encounter people who don't look like us, in fact, people who have nothing to give in return, people who are down and out, will we be like the crowd who looked down on and dismissed the blind beggar or will we be the servant ministers Jesus calls us to be? I hadn't read this ahead of time, but I, I was reading this last night and I, I want to, uh, I want to put, draw your attention to this today. This is the story which kind of answers this question. It's by a woman called Mary McGregor. She says, It was Sunday, a Saturday afternoon. I was, talking, I was taking a solitary walk in the historic area of Philadelphia when I encountered a handicapped beggar on the street. He was sitting with his legs sprawled. His tattered clothes and unkempt appearance repelled me. I tried to ignore him, hoping not to be noticed, but that was not to be. He yelled out, Sister, stop and talk to me. I paused, knowing God was watching and waiting for my response. I reluctantly approached him to look squarely in his face. As I bent down, he grabbed a cross hanging around my neck and asked, Are you a Christian? Stunned, I replied, Yes. I asked if he too was a Christian and he replied, Oh yes. And let me tell you everything God has done for me. What flowed out of his soul was a litany of blessings healings, provision, and gratitude for never being without the necessities of life. He then asked my name, and for my prayers I reciprocated. My tears welled up as the encounter drew to a close. I put my money into his cup and said goodbye, but he wasn't finished with me. 
As I walked away, he yelled out, Mary, I love you. I stopped dead in my tracks. This broken, gentle man was a messenger from God. It was as if God were directly speaking to me and saying, Mary, can't you see that I'm the source, the giver of every good and necessary thing in your life? You have cried out many times asking for mercy and blessing, and I have granted them to you. And above all, I love you. This profound encounter 17 years ago changed me. No longer do I give or serve out of obligation or duty, but out of a deep gratitude for God's generosity. Giving of my life and my resources has become pure joy. I think the other challenge is looking at Bartimaeus. Will we cry out to Jesus? Even if the voices around us are negative, even if they're trying to drown out those pleas to Jesus, he can't help you. What's he done for you in the past? Look at what's happened. Why would you call out to Jesus? And yet, like Bartimaeus, we're to cry out even louder, Son of David, have mercy on me. And when he turns, and he will, and calls us to him, will we be willing to leave whatever, whoever, or wherever we have found our security to date and just get up? Throwing off that cloak of false security, leaving it behind, and follow him without a backward glance. If we're ready to do all those things to trust him completely, then be ready to hear the loving master's voice. Beloved child, your faith has saved you. Amen. Let us stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed on page 358 in the Book of Common Prayer. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father, Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again. In accordance with the scriptures, he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. 
With the Father and the Son, he is worshipped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. The prayers of the people can be found on page 387 in the Book of Common Prayer. Father, we pray for your holy Catholic Church. That we all may be one. Grant that every member of the Church may truly and humbly serve you. That your name may be glorified by all people. We pray for all bishops, priests, and deacons. That they may be faithful ministers of your word and sacraments. We pray for all who govern and hold authority in the nations of the world. That there may be Give us grace to do your will in all that we undertake. That our works may find favor in your sight. Have compassion on those who suffer from any grief or trouble. That they may be delivered from their distress. Give to the departed eternal rest. Let light perpetual shine upon them. We praise you for your saints who have entered into joy. May we all And let us pray for our own needs and those of others. And I invite you to name before God, either silently or aloud, your own petitions, intercessions, or thanksgivings. Lord, we give you thanks for um, the fact that the hurricane passed through two different uh, towns and that there was a loss of life. Lord, we pray the rising water there, Lord, protect the people, protect all of the people there who will be affected. May we also lift up in prayer those in Oklahoma who have lost loved ones in the drunk driving accident Almighty and eternal God, ruler of all things in heaven and earth, mercifully accept the prayers of your people and strengthen us to do your will. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Have mercy on you, forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ, strengthen you in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit keep you in eternal life. Amen. Amen. Please stand. (coughs) The peace of the Lord be always with you.
and also with you. Please be seated. So have the children come in. Are they all in? They're not all in. They're coming. All right, just a couple of um, announcements. Uh, remember, um, I'm happy to see you next week an hour early, but you probably want another hour in bed. So um, the clocks go, we fall back um, next Sunday, which is All Saints Day. All right. Um, if you've been in the parish hall, you'll say, oh, come on down, children. That's it, Annalise. Lead the crew. Good job. Hey. Watch over thy children, O Lord, as their days increase. Bless and guide them wherever they may be. Strengthen them when they stand. Comfort them when discouraged or sorrowful. Raise them up if they fall, and in their hearts may thy peace, which passeth understanding, abide all the days of their lives. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. All right, find a family. All right, I know we've got a couple of birthdays here. <coughs> and Annalise. <laughs> yes, indeedy. All right. Good. Good. We were good. Yeah. We were obedient. <laughs> All right. That's our word of prayer. God, our times are in your hand. Look with favor, we pray, on your servants, Val, Laurie, and Annalise, as they begin another year. God, that they may grow in wisdom and grace. Strengthen their trust in your goodness all the days of their lives. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Happy birthday. Is it today? Yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah, we're there. Yeah. Very good. All right. Do we have any anniversaries this morning? You, you just have to get Etienne next time, Dari. When, when Karen and Jerry are back here as well, we'll have, the, we'll have the four of you come up. Is it your birthday as well? On the 16th? All right. Well, we're just this is good. Good for you to come up. Oh, God, our times are in your hand. Look with favor, we pray on your servant Maria. She begins in...